evening, and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg with you, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, and Stephanie Burke. We are broadcasting live on WBSM, as well as on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, also on the Radio Pup app, and now on Periscope. And we're broadcasting, you can see us on the Periscope app uh, under my Twitter handle, at Tim Weisberg, because I forgot to change it to the Spooky South Coast one before we went on the air, but whatever. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. This is really just kind of a test to see how the quality is, because... I get crappy reception in here, and, and I refuse to believe it's because of the Android phone. Well, let's start a contest. Everybody can go and check out your Periscope at Tim Weisberg, or check out my Periscope at Work It Burke, and whatever one's better, they let us know. All right, there you go. You, and you can vote on Twitter using the hashtag SpookyLive. You can interact with us all night long during the show on Twitter using the hashtag SpookyLive, and you can actually see them right there on the Spooky TV website. They all get kind of... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Con- conglomerated there. They, you know, they, they basically just put them all right there for you. It's a, it's a, it's a catch-all for anything that you want to put up there that's with the hashtag SpookyLive. And tonight we're going to be talking about ghost sex. We've been promising you this for a couple of weeks now. We were going to have our guest Gavin Davies joining us a few weeks ago uh, because I don't understand the difference between the United States and the United Kingdom. We got the times messed up because I, was, I kept saying Saturday night, Saturday night, not realizing that it's Sunday morning over there, so he was ready to go the night before, uh, and we almost had the same problem again uh, this week, but we caught it luckily in time. So he'll be joining us coming up in the next hour to talk about ghost sex, and, and Gavin, GL Davies, as he's known professionally, he runs the website theparanormalchronicles.com, so you can go to that website and check out some of the articles they have there and some of the interesting evidence that they have up there uh, during the news break coming up if you want to, but we're going to get into the topic of ghost sex with Gavin. It's It's the subject of his latest book. He does have another one coming out this summer as well, uh, but uh, we'll find out about that and a whole bunch more with Gavin coming up. But we'll talk about this idea of ghost sex, because when we discussed it on the show a few weeks ago, we got a lot of response to it, and I didn't realize that this was as much of an issue for people as it really is. So we'll talk about that coming up. Uh, We do have some information that we want to share with you, though, coming up next week. We will have joining us at the beginning of the program, Ken DaCosta of Rise Up Paranormal. He'll be joining us to talk about this upcoming, this year's upcoming Ocean State Paracon. It's happening July 18th and 19th at the Assembly Theater in Harrisville, Rhode Island. And uh, it's it's a great event. All the proceeds go to help the Wounded Warriors Project. And uh, it's it's very affordable. So we will have Ken on to give us some more details about that. But just right now, I will say, mark that date on your calendar, those two dates, July 18th and 19th at the Assembly Theater in Harrisville, Rhode Island. I will be there. Uh, John Zaffis will be there. Andrea Perrin will be there. Shannon Sylvia, Dustin Parry. So Joe Chin, come on out and have some fun with all of your favorite paranormal people hanging out at the Ocean State Paracon. Now, we have about seven minutes before we have to go to the news. I want to talk a little bit, Matt Moniz, about last week at Ventford Hall, our Legend Trips event. Our first visit there, my first time ever being there, your first time as well. Uh, some of the other folks that had been there were seasoned Ventford Hall attendees. Yep. Because they live in the area. And we had Josh Mantello from the Berkshire Paranormal Group who uh, runs a lot of uh, paranormal events out of there. Jeff Belanger, who had been there before. Andy Andy Lake. had been there before. But it just, when when we were going there, you know, I was kind of under the assumption of it's just going to be cool to spend a night in a Gilded Age mansion, Gilded Age mansion for the night. Uh, bless you. I was not thinking that it was going to be as awesomely active as it turned out to be. It it didn't disappoint, let's put it that way. Now, there's certain things that we're not allowed to discuss per our agreement yeah. with Ventford Hall. But what I, I So I can't give you the actual specifics of everything that happened. But let me just tell you this story. We're in a certain room, and this certain room has a view of the outside window. And in this room, there's been a lot of activity that has been reported. So we're trying to see if we can have similar results. Now, in this room, which used to be a bowling alley, I'll say that much, there was a long, you know, so you would expect it to be a long rectangular room. And as we're looking down there, there's all kinds of shadow play going on. We're running laser grids, all kinds of things all night long to try and see if we can get something 
either visible, visible to us or caught. We had people there with SLS systems, a variety of different ways to approach it. As we're looking down this long hallway, we see these weird lights flashing out the window. took us a good hour to figure out that the lightning bugs in the Berkshires <laughs> are way bigger than what we're used to. So when a lightning bug flies by you, it's like a light bulb. It's not like a little <laughs> flicker. This thing looks like somebody outside had an idea. I mean, it's just like a light bulb floating around. They look around. like that in my backyard, too. It, they were just huge. I've never seen that They're thing. They're like on steroids. It's, it's ridiculous. So that kind of explained away some of what we were seeing. But then we happened to see out the window, because of the angle at where we're at, again, I'll leave it at that, it looked like walking up to us through the window were two people. We saw the legs of two people walking up to us. And like looking in the like to get ready to look into the window, but they never bent down and looked in the window. They just walked up to the window and then disappeared. And all of us saw it. We're like, "Whoa, somebody's outside, right?" So I went upstairs and I asked Andy, who had been hanging out on the back porch, which people would have had to walk by him in order to get down there. If you look at some of the pictures on LegendTrips.com or on my Facebook or on my Twitter, you'll see what the back of the the Venford Hall looks like. It's it's what. The poster for Cider House Rules is the back end of the building. So you would see you have to walk down that porch and walk down the stairs to get by there. And I said to Andy, I said, did somebody come and walk out into the yard? And he says, no, nobody's been out here. But it's funny you say that because I thought I saw somebody walking across the yard and I flashed my flashlight at them and there was nobody there. So I freaked him out when I told him what we had seen. And then that freaked me out to know that there was nobody. Did I just pull that out? I hope not. No, you didn't. So that freaked me out to know that there was nobody out there. So we saw something walk toward the window and disappear. And he saw something walking across that wasn't there when he shined the light. So that was a pretty interesting experience enough for me. I thought that was pretty cool. And I know, Moniz, you guys had some stuff going on as well. Yeah, the floor I was on was definitely, I'll call it, intriguing. And it gave a a number of different results. Some people uh, had voices spoken right into their ear, and uh, there were footsteps walking around, which is what what has been reported on the floor I was on. So that that to me was normal. And uh, we had a person with one of the SLS cameras in, and there was supposedly a kid that was supposed to be in a room, and the thing started mapping a little a little kid. So I decided, okay, I'll get myself into the frame with it and see if it'll interact. And we got it on video, and it did. And, and actually, I could feel my fingertips tingling. I couldn't see anything, couldn't physically feel anything there, no resistance. But there was definitely, uh best way I can describe it is like, you know how something's got static and you mm-hmm. can feel the static? That's kind of like what it felt like. And our, our new friend, Mike? Posted that up. Uh, if you go to uh, the Spooky South Coast Facebook page, he posted it on there, so you'll be able to see that SLS footage for yourself. Uh, just it, the, it did not disappoint. I mean, just in terms of being just an awesome building, and and seeing the renovation that they've done there, it was great to spend the night there. But it uh, it certainly had a lot of activity. And I can see why the people that are regular attendees keep going back again and again, uh, because it certainly draws you in, and it certainly has a, a great atmosphere around it. And if you'd like to join us for a legend trip and you never have before, or maybe you have and you want to come back for another one, August 1st at Slater Mill in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, we actually have them. Uh, they've been going for a while, so we're you know, we're about halfway sold out. So if you want to take part, make sure that you get them pretty quickly. Maybe you're looking for a last-minute gift for the paranormal dad out there. All you have to do is go to legendtrips.com and you can sign up for the event. You can purchase your tickets right there. They are $99.00. They include dinner, they include lectures, they include a historical tour of the property, and then hours of guided investigation with some of the coolest equipment out there. Jeff has an SLS system that was uh, given to him by Bill Chapel that he utilizes when you're in his area. I'm supposedly getting the Ghost Ark prototype by the end of this night, uh, by the end of this month, so I'll have that on that night on August 1st. 
uh, you'll be able to come and check that out as well. Maybe you're thinking about buying it, but you want to see it in action first. Uh, and then, you know, we've got all our other toys and experiments that we always take with us as well. So legendtrips.com, help us keep raising money for these historic haunted locations. To date, we have gone up over $25,000 raised to help benefit historic haunts. So that's all because of you, and we appreciate that. And we hope that you will all join us again uh, for our next Legend Trips event. Again, it's happening on Saturday, August 1st at Slater Mill in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And you can join us by going to legendtrips.com. Back in a moment. Number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Bleisberg, along with Stephanie Burke, the silent assassin Matt Costa, and science advisor Matt Moniz. And we think we've worked out all the kinks. Uh, Stephanie, Mercury has not, it's no longer retrograde? or No, Mercury is out of retrograde, but Pluto is in retrograde. And that only affects certain people. I learned that Dogs. the other day. And one of the people it affects is me. So, well, I'm screwed, but everybody else might be okay. Yeah, but at least your periscope is running. I think mine is running. Yes. You can follow us there. Spooky TV on SpookySouthCoast.com is also a great way of doing it. The Radio Pup app. You can just search for WBSM on the Radio Pup app and WBSM.com. So many ways to get the show live while it's happening. And a lot of folks like to listen on podcasts later on. They listen to us on the Dark Matter Radio Network on Thursday nights on the rebroadcast. So, you know, there's... Lots of ways to hear the show later, but tonight you want to be part of it live right now while it's happening because it's going to get interesting. It's going to get really interesting. I, I'm going to start queuing up the, uh, the the music here a little bit, the, uh, the soft <laughs> jazz, because we're going to be talking about ghost sex. And actually, I'm joking, but this case that Gavin has uh, chronicled, uh, he's chronicled a couple different cases in the book, ghost sex, the violation. But in the main case that he has chronicled is actually quite disturbing Oops. and it's something that's happened to a lot of people that they just haven't f- felt comfortable enough uh, to discuss it so joining us now we have gl or gavin davies all the way from the uk and we know him of course as being the man behind the paranormal chronicles website and you can follow them on twitter at paranormal cron c-h-r-o-n and uh, he joins us now if i can make sure i bring up everything correctly can you hear us gavin Good evening to you, Tim. Hello, finally. It's like we're in the same room. I know, it's mad, isn't it? We're we're, we're (laughs) disconnected by the the Atlantic, and here we are, me, you, Stephanie, and the Matts. We finally did it. And uh, I can tell you that people have been excited for this show for a number of weeks. And I think, you know, anytime you talk about something that sounds remotely salacious, like the idea of ghost sex, it gets people's attention. But this is not something that you, at least the the main case that you chronicle in this book, is not something you'd really want to wish upon anybody. No, it's horrendous. It's um, it's a true story. It's a true account. I spent about six weeks interviewing a lady in a town in Wales called Pembroke Dock. Uh, obviously, for the purposes of the book, I changed their names. Uh, the story is in their words. Um, I haven't kind of changed the narrative, so it flowed as a better story. It is it is written as they talk, so it's a shocker, and it, it's not to everyone's taste. Whenever you combine the paranormal and sex, two very very controversial subjects. You're going to have a rough ride, and you know I've 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 received death threats and complaints and all kinds of madness, and it's one woman's account of what she believes has happened to her. Now, how did it come about? Ob- obviously, people who go to the Paranormal Chronicles they know that you write about a variety of topics there, and, and you have a team that reports on a variety of topics there. But how did it come about that this case kind of fell into your lap as as something that you could uh, uh, chronicle? Well, I'd written a book called A Most Haunted House. It was my first attempt at, at a book, and it was based on a true haunting. And I've got a very distinct style. I, I use witness testimonials rather than trying to create a narrative or a story. I use their, their actual words create a story. So I wrote a book called A Most Haunted House, and it was very, very well received. And I thought, you know, th- this is something I'd like to do. So as a follow-up, 
um, I was looking into imaginary France because I really find that intriguing and quite chilling that these children, you know, people in your own home are talking to these imaginary friends and it turns out that people believe that they're not so imaginary after all. So after the success of The Most Haunted House, I put out some feelers, started talking to this lady in Pembroke Dock and she was telling me about how she was younger here and her twin sister had an imaginary friend and lo and behold she started telling me about what was actually happening to her now and and the um uh, the haunting that had been taking place over 20 years and then it turned out that she believed um she had been sexually abused by not one but two different entities over, over a period of 20 years now that if I was hearing that, I would be pretty skeptical of it. What was it that, you know, first convinced you that she was telling the truth and that, you know, this was an honest account and, and not just somebody looking for attention? I spoke to her at length, and I was exceptionally skeptical. I still have doubts. Um, I'd spent a long time with people from my career, and for all intents and purposes, through micro-expressions, her body language, her tone of voice. This was an ordinary woman who believed ex extraordinary things were happening to her. She didn't want any commission. She didn't want any royalties. She, she didn't want a name. She was happy to tell the story on, on the behest that if anyone else who read the book uh, wanted to get in touch with her, that, that that would be a possibility, that she wanted to create like a support network. Mm -hmm. So I spoke to her and I spoke to her son and I spoke to her mother and this whole story evolved. And the more I spoke to this lady, the more ordinary she was. She's very friendly. She, she wasn't from a particularly strong educational background. She was from a broken home. So you have to put into context that maybe she has various... Uh, ineptitudes in terms of like uh, how she was brought up or, or, or things of that nature. So I brought in a psychologist. Uh, I was very lucky to have a psychologist on hand and we conducted the hard part of the interview, the very debased, very graphic part of the interview together. And the psychologist did provide uh, numerous explanations for this. But again, as she says in her notes, which are included in the book, she believes that this woman believes whatever is happening to her believes it to be true well one of the things that struck me the most about it is the fact that when she is recounting what happened to her uh, she can describe not only the physical sensations of of what you would expect to happen if, if this was the case if this is what you were undergoing but she relays very well the emotional side of it and the fact that this was you know for her it was a violation uh and it was something that was unwanted but at the same time, over time, it became uncomfortably familiar and, and almost, to some degree, accepted. Yes, there was, you know, there's people out there who are going to read the book, and it's very controversial. It's very, very graphic. Please do not think this is Fifty Shades of Ghost. You know, don't think this is the Potter scene in Ghost or, or, or Twilight or anything. It is not like this. And, you know, people say, oh, he's going to come on here to sell a book. I'm not here to sell a book. If you want to read it, you can download it for free as part of a Kindle Prime package. Please do so, because it, it is a very tough read. Now, with... With this, with this lady, I asked her to be very honest with me. I said, I wanted a three-dimensional insight into this case. It's all very well saying uh, something happened and this happened and this happened. I wanted her to tell me how it felt. I wanted people to understand this isn't a joke, this isn't funny, it isn't, you know, let's all have a giggle and it's, it's Fifty Shades of Ghost. So I sat her down, she told me the case in depth and the more it went on, the more disturbed I got. It became exceptionally difficult for me on an emotional level. I actually went through two relationships during the process of creating this book. It was very difficult to listen to this lady and then go home and make love to your girlfriend. You know, you yeah. did with some very, very terrible imagery in my mind, and uh, it took a while to shake that off. But she had two entities... Um, one she called, uh, this is the only time I'll swear, because I want to keep it PG, but one she called the shitty man, and the other one she called the cold man. Now, one was very demonic, uh, you know, and maybe more towards the incubus 
uh, demonic kind of uh, entity that some people are now familiar with. And the other seemed to be more of just a, sp- a spirit. And one would make love and one would violate. When I say make love, but he would try and pleasure her. It was uh, more of a loving experience. Even though it was a violation, It was she felt that there was something caring about it. You know, that it wanted to please her. While the other one, there's a part in the book that stops people dead. They will either push through thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I've just read that, or they will stop dead. And I've had many emails saying, how could you write that? And I'm like, I didn't make it up. I didn't conjure it. You know, this is what this woman believes happened. And the second entity was so horrendously... And, and inhuman, it was so cruel. It treated her like, like a piece of meat. It, it anally raped her in front of her son, who was forced to watch what they believe. But she actually took comfort in the other entity, and she just got used to it. And, and when I was reading it, and I'm, I'm thinking in my head, you know, being kind of the... Uh, at, at this point, as I'm reading it, I'm already putting myself into the mindset that you have done the research on the case and that what you're reporting is, you know, you feel, if you're putting it in the book, is fact in terms of her recollection. So in my mind, I can kind of already accept because of your research and your investigation that this is how it happened to her. And what I'm thinking as I'm reading this is it's almost like... This rapist entity, uh, the forceful one, has come in and had its way with her and kind of opened the door for another entity that might have already been in the house to feel like, hey, I could do that too. And it seems like that second entity that kind of jumped on that bandwagon, so to speak, almost had the humanistic element to it where it felt bad about what was going on. And it didn't have the raw primal urge. I mean, is it almost fair to say, and, and I know this is speculation on your part, was she dealing with, in one case, maybe a demon, and in the other case, a ghost? The conclusion uh, through the paranormal community, a lot of people have read the book and actually taken time to study it, uh, in that they just didn't take it at face value, but they actually did some research, was there was two very distinct paranormal entities. One demonic or evil in nature. The other, uh, I don't think spiritual is right, but more in terms of um, non-demonic. You know, it was a right. paranormal entity. It, they, because the book isn't just, you know, uh, you know, if people read the book, you know, and, and they think, oh, go sex violation, I'm just going to read page after page of graphic description of sexual abuse. You will get elements of that, but it's also a haunting and it affects the whole family. And there's parts of the book where the son hears two distinct voices arguing with each other. And in one part of, of the investigation, one part of the account, uh, when something very brutal and horrific is happening to the woman, uh, who's called Lisa in the book, the, it's almost as if the other entity steps in to stop it. Almost whether it was jealous or trying to be protective. We can't really... We can only attach emotions in a human way you know we can only attach a gender and motives and emotions in a human way and we can't fully understand if these things were to be true what their true agendas is but there did seem to be this battle between two entities now another theory i had it was the same entity which was which had multiple personalities which i thought was tremendously interesting and added a new layer yeah. to this you know are we dealing with like some kind of schizophrenic entity that has multiple personalities, which is is focusing on this lady and maybe at one stage is violating and hurting her and in the next is sorry and it tries to make up in a, in a loving way. It, it, it was incredibly berserk. It was a case I wouldn't happily go back to revisit and, and, and interview someone like that again. You know, the book is written and it's up to people to decide. If they don't like it, that's fine, you know, if they think it's rubbish. Or people say, oh, it's just a rip-off of the entity, which was the Doris Biffa case. But it's not. It's so much more than that because it's a family and they tell their story as it happened. I'm, you know, I'm very good at bringing out the best in people and, and getting them to chat to me and just say, you know, just just pretend I'm a friend, forget us for a button, just talk to me. And the son, the son, it wasn't just the woman who was attacked. The son was, was um, when he was 18 years old, was masturbating while reading a pornographic magazine and something punched him in the face and threw the magazine across the room. You know, it's like, wow, how, 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 where do we begin with that? 
Well, what, what I found interesting is, you know, I have read, and we've all here, uh, here on the show, we've all read numerous books of people reporting their own hauntings and what's happened to them. And whereas this is something different in terms of the nature of the activity and the nature of the attacks might be different than what we've heard in the past. The book still does the job of chronicling what the emotional impact was on their lives. And you hear about, you read about Lisa and her inability to maintain a relationship with other men because of what's been going on. And the fact that it not only impacted her and her son's life, but also the men who came into her room and into her life and into her bedroom. You know, they had to undergo this. And in, in some sense, you, you feel like you kind of would think about how it would go, but then you see the, just the the scars that it rips into that relationship, and you can understand how it must have been harrowing for her because not only is this happening, but she can't get a partner to come and be part of her life that she can rely on in this. So she does stay, uh, unfortunately, alone through all of this. Like, because imagine now you're you're on a dating website or you've been set up or what you know. Just, I've been reading a lot about paranormal dating at the moment, so maybe this would tie in quite well. But <laughs> but imagine imagine you're on a dating website and uh, you know Stephanie's there and she's looking at all these wonderful men or whatever, and it says uh, good sense of humour, likes long country walks, romantic films, and P.S. Uh, I shall be violated by a paranormal entity at will, and you will be forced to watch. And how do you how do you communicate that to someone? It's like it's the stigma involved that um, you know I don't think I'm mad, but I am being violated now. People are telling me there are psychological uh, disorders and sleep disorders attached to this, but it's still happening regardless. Regardless of what people think, it's going to happen. Now there was a, a gentleman who I've called Dan, and he. For, uh, he apparently was a very strong, very confident young man. Now he's just a shell. He's exceptionally religious. He has surrounded his home uh, with religious iconography and talismans. Strong believer in Christ because he claims that he watched her be violated. He was forced to watch because the entity, this creature, not only would, would, would have its way with her, but would make it so that... Uh, the partner or the son would have to watch. The son had to watch his own man being violated. And he saw um, her anus being torn and he saw her, um, you know, soiling herself and bleeding. And he was forced to watch. He couldn't move. And he he ended up vomiting on himself. And... Sorry, carry on. I was going to say, and I believe it was Dan that she was in the relationship with where, you know, the, the problem was there was already some tension in their relationship because she's telling him she can't be intimate with him. Uh, that it's affecting just her ability, the dynamic between the two of them. And, and you know, the three of us here on the panel, and, and yourself included, we're men. You know that that messes with our mind more than anything. When you, when you cut off the sex, that messes with our minds more than anything. And we have all kinds of speculation that goes out, you know, why doesn't she want to do this? Where it's a natural instinct, so she must be getting it somewhere else. Is she stepping out on me? And so you have all these questions and all these suspicions that arise. Then he wakes up one night in the middle of the night to find her laying next to him in the bed, moaning and, and writhing around. And, and he's thinking to himself, you know, what the hell? You won't engage in this activity with me but when i fall asleep you're going to self-pleasure and and so you know you're it's almost like the entity was using this as a definite way to make sure it drove a wedge between her and any other men in her life exactly there's a common theme with my books and that is um and you've probably had experience of this in terms of people you've spoken to in that in the most haunted house and go sex a violation um the entity seems to thrive on on, on uh, the separate entities, for, as far as I know, uh, they seem to thrive. They seem to gain energy from destroying relationships. It's like you want to make people vun- vulnerable. It's, it's almost divide and conquer. In the most haunted house, the couple had a huge wedge um, uh, pushed between them by the haunting. And in ghost sex violation, it was the same. Now... One of Dan's concerns was, in hindsight, was if this thing had the power to do this to the woman he loved, it could happen to him. And it's another fear. Another fear for a man is, what if you woke up in the night and you were being anally violated? You know, you know, how would that make you feel? How could you lie in bed in a house by a woman every night knowing... What if it's my turn next? Right. And and one of the 
scariest things about that is, you know, you don't know what the nature is of this entity. So you don't know if you are safe. And you don't know that if it can do that, what else can it do? I mean, that's just, to me, that's just the way of a, of a spirit or a demonic entity, if you want to look at it that way, of whatever it is, showing its dominance over you. Whatever it is on the other side uh, of of that dimensional barrier, it's probably not doing what it's doing for a pleasure aspect. It's not doing it to get off. It's doing it to display the fact that it that it owns you and it can do whatever it wants with you. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, look at how we treat animals. Uh, we domesticate them, we train them, we beat them, we eat them, we harvest them. You know, we treat animals like a commodity. You know, we, we just take advantage of animals there, you know, we eat them, we have them on a lead. And if this higher power crosses dimensions, because I believe that what's not to say that alien and demonic and, and spiritual are, are just dimensional beings, you know, they're all one and the same, and they pass through to our realm, and they view us the same way as we view a rabbit or an ape or, or an insect, and they take pleasure, or, uh, uh, you know, pleasure is a very human concept, but the concepts, their motives, their agendas are something that we can't understand, but we're like playthings or torture items, or whatever reason, it, it is like one great theory I, I had, it was from um, um, a, a doctor from Italy, said that these entities, there is a battle for our souls, there is that literal good and evil, that heaven and, and hell, that demonic kind of nature, that they are trying to break us. Now think about it, you can't be in love, you can't hold a relationship, you can't have, you know, sex is the most simplest form of pleasure, a human can have, whether it's on your own or with two people or three people, whatever your kink is, you know, it is the most basic form of entertainment which also helps us reproduce and create that bond, and I go into depth in the book of what sex is, what does it mean to you, now imagine if something can come in taking that away, taking the fact that you can't bond with someone you can't be physical, you can't develop that love, and it's not just about the physical abuse, it's the emotional, emotional and, me and mental, now Lisa said many times she felt like taking her own life now if we were to look at this in the religious context, taking your life is a sin mm -hmm. it is a sin, and therefore you forfeit your soul in, in, some, in some doctrines and some dogmas, you forfeit your soul so what if there is a battle and that there are these entities coming into our world and they're trying to destroy people and they're trying to latch on and, and they're, they're making people vulnerable and they turn into drink and they turn into drugs and to crime and doing terrible things. We have to take that into account because on the other side, people have experiences of guardian angels, fairy godmothers, you know, uh, they're, they're having a crisis in their life and, and, and a dead relative comes from in a dream or a vision. Maybe there is a battle there is a battle, and we're just being tested in so many different ways. Well, that, that's just speculation. The, the way that you describe Lisa in the book, and obviously, you know, you knew her on a personal one-on-one -on -one basis, so you could probably elaborate on this, but the way that you describe her is she seems like somebody who was a relatively strong woman outside of this, you know, being a single mother, seems like she's a, a young mother, and she seems to be somebody who's able to, to get by in life on her own pretty well. Like, she's able to fight all the battles that she has to fight, and that this might have been the only way, through these sexual means, for something to break her spirit and to break her down. Yeah, it's, um, her, she was so devoted to her son, um, that she worked, she, she just wanted to work, and have friends, and, and she used to just dedicate her life to being a good mum. She was, she was 16 when she gave birth to Tyler, as he's known in the book. Um, her, the, the father ran out on her. Her mother, uh, she also lost her sister when she was very young, um, which made her mum exceptionally spiritual. Um, so she had this big spiritual influence from her mother. They didn't always see eye to eye. Her mum would, would simply dismiss it as, like, no, let's just bless the house. I'll get some people over. We'll do this. But she had this strong resolve. And um, I'm sure she, she wouldn't mind me saying this, because I, I have said it before, is at the end of the interviews, I built a rapport with her. And I said, I'm not, I'm not I, don't, I don't mean to be cruel, but we, we had this good friendship. I said, if I was an entity, I wouldn't be doing this to you. I'd be in someone like Liv Tyler's or Kate Winslet's house. And she laughed, you know, and she realized that, you know, she, she was just an ordinary woman. And there was nothing, 
you know, nothing special about her. She wasn't going to win any modelling contests or anything. She was just a good, solid, hard, hard-working woman who cared for her family and just wanted an ordinary life. She didn't want a mansion. She didn't want, you know, sports cars or millions of dollars or pounds. She just wanted that unit, that unit of a family to have someone close in her life, to be there for her son, to, to support her mother. And sadly... Um, she she will probably never have that. Well, listen, there's a lot of single, lonely people in this world. There's a good portion of those people that have an interest in the paranormal and a belief in ghosts, as ParanormalDate.com is indicating, apparently. So <laughs> if there are people that are like that, and, and these spirits were looking just to have a good time and to have that type of an intimate relationship, there are other people they could have gone and haunted. There are other people they could have gone and had. A, there are people, and I just put it out on Twitter so you can tweet us using the hashtag SpookyLive. There are people that would willingly have sex with a ghost. And, and people who have been interested in this topic since we started teasing it on, on social media for the last few weeks, some of them, that's the way that they look at it. They're like, hell yeah, I would love to do that. But they're not understanding what the emotional breakdown was of this woman. And that that was what was ultimately the problem here. And you chronicle other cases in the story. I mean, some of them are just little short, quick stories, but you're chronicling other instances where this has happened, and that seems to be a recurring theme amongst all of them. It's it's a breakdown of the person's spirit. It's not about pleasure. No, hardly any of the cases I've actually had. There's more on the website. You know, the book was published, and then off the back of the book, more and more people came forward and allowed me to publish their accounts. So if you go to the website, theparanormalchronicles.com, there's loads. Very frank, very detailed. Um, If if you're easily shocked, please don't go to the website, and and please don't read the book. You know, that's not a marketing ploy. That's just that's fact. Read the taster on Kindle. If, if you're happy to carry on, you can download the book for free as part of the Kindle Prime membership. Now, the most searched for term, I've had quarter of a million hits on the website this year. The most searched for term, guess what it is? How do I get a ghost to have sex with me? Or words <laughs> to those effect. Yeah. And um, I have a wonderful, wonderful uh, lady who, who works very closely to me um, called Karen, uh, Karen Williams. Um, and she's very gifted. She has abilities I don't understand. She's only 19 and extraordinary abilities and gifts. And for the, for the people out there who are really, really concerned, now my, my duty of care to you is, is obviously look at the professional help in terms of psychological or medical. Please go and look for that. There's support groups. Now, if you've gone through that and you're looking for spiritual advice and guidance, go to theparanormalchronicles.com. And, and there's links to Karen. Karen will get back to you. She will. She will email you back uh, with advice and on protection uh, and whatnot. But what everyone has to understand is, if you are looking f- for ways to invite this into your life, I think you're very, very misguided. I don't care how lonely you are or how desperate you are to fulfil the need for sex. There must be an easier way. There's seven billion people on the planet. I believe there's someone for everyone. You know, it doesn't matter how berserk you look or how you are, there is someone for everyone. Don't go into any kind of rituals trying to encourage this kind of uh, entity to come into your life because it's not about, okay, you might think, oh, great, you know, I'm I'm having this this sexual pleasure. But once it's latched onto you, and if you're vulnerable enough to be wanting this to happen, once it latches onto you, you know, you might not be as lucky as Lisa to have that resolve to fight it. Lisa has resigned herself to the fact that this may happen when she's an old one, when she's 80 or 90 years old. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, she's scared that it'll happen to her grandchildren. That's terrifying. But if you know, if if you would, if you are out there and you are lonely, paranormaldate.com, 19.95 a month, you can find somebody. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Get get a human, you know. <laughs> Try and find a human first. Um, but um, but as I said, if there's anybody out there who does have any concerns in in terms of needing spiritual advice and guidance, go to theparanormalchronicles.com. Speak to to Karen. Um, she's a really wonderful woman. It'll all be in private. She'll help you. I'm not saying that her answers are right in terms of you know it might not be psychological. 
But if you just want that spiritual advice and guidance, rather than people trying to use Ouija boards and other methods to try and invite spirits into their life to have sex with them, uh, I don't think that would be a very healthy or wise thing to do. Absolutely. But I'm not a doctor. No, I've tried sexting through a Ouija board. It's tedious, i got to tell you. It takes way too long, and you know, it's like computer sex. Yeah, and it doesn't. It, the, the words don't. The words aren't as exciting when you have to sit there and spell them all out yourself. I mean, if I'm going to be using my hands during that, it's not going to be on the planchette. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on, we are talking with our guest Gavin uh, G L Davies, as he's known, and and we're talking about the book Ghost Sex: The Violation. He also runs the ParanormalChronicles.com. If you have a question for Gavin, you can give us a call five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. There was some some controversy on on Facebook earlier when I was posting about this, Gavin, and and uh, and you saw it in the thread. There's there's someone who, and I'm not going to give her name out because she doesn't feel comfortable calling in, but somebody who said that she has been in uh, contact with a uh, celebrity who has passed away through her research with ITC and ghost boxes, and, and that that celebrity has come to her, and they have had intimate relations, uh, even though he is no longer in his corporeal body. When you were collecting some of these stories for the book, did you hear situations like that where, you know, it was a, a loving connection that somebody wanted to have with a spirit, whether it be somebody they didn't know, or maybe it was a loved one who had passed on that they wanted to have come back to them, which I know you wrote about uh, in the book. Is, is this something that we hear about from time to time, that sometimes it's a, it is a desired thing? Yeah, definitely. Because the, the, sex violation, the main bulk of the story is, uh, or the book, is what happened to Lisa. But then I added other other testimonials in as well because it kind of started to avalanche and snowball and, and there was more stories. But I ended the book. There was no way I could end with the others because it would have left everyone a little disturbed and depressed. But um, there was an old lady... Um, she was a character. Let's just say she was a character. <laughs> and um, she lost her husband in the 50s, in the 1950s. And she claimed that regularly he comes in to her house, into her, into her bedroom, and he makes love to her. And she said it is, it is lovemaking. And she missed him very much. He doesn't say a word. He comes in. She never remarried. She, she never found another partner because he would come back. And he would make love to her, and uh, she'd say he'd, he'd never say a word, her exact words were he'd rut away. She said sometimes he wished he'd do a bit more, like fix the sink or do the shopping. <laughs> but uh, but she was happy, and, and it was a very nice way to end, end the book because I think the final words were, um, you know, I know now that even though he loves me, even though I'm an old woman, and I know that when I die, I'll go to heaven and we'll be young again as we were. Right, and, and I the, thought that was really beautiful. I really like the fact in, in that story that she says, you know, it he it's not like he's going back and and visiting you know, when he goes back and visits her, he sees her for what she is now, but still feels exactly the same way, the same passion that he felt, you know, twenty, thirty years before. So even even though she is an old woman, he still has that same love and attraction to her. Yeah, and, and that's the wonderful thing. Now, with the lady earlier on 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 your um, on your Facebook thread, there, um, I I I don't know. It's really difficult because it, it'd be nice to think that this celebrity, um, you know, has come back uh, and has found this woman because she seemed very happy with it. I believe she didn't feel she didn't feel threatened by it she was right. quite thrilled and she was she was telling people and it was a very brave thing to do because uh i saw some of the comments that went with it <laughs> i have to say that uh, uh yeah some people um did did kind of uh, take it a bit further right um but who's to say that it, that it hasn't happened it would be nice to think that we don't lose people, that connection in our mortal realm isn't totally lost, in that we can still connect on a spiritual level, and that love in a physical way, not just that emotional way, is still there as well. That would be great, you know, and maybe that would be, you know, there's, there's got to be billions of dead people, and maybe we could have a paranormal day in sight via Ouija boards where we just flood the world with lonely dead people to make love to. That, that would be nice and solve a lot of problems. Well, then you get into a lot of the moral standpoint about it is, you know, oh, honey, it's not really cheating. She's dead. You can't blame me for it. 
You know, and you get a lot of phantom pregnancies as well. Oh, that it, it just gets way too complicated for me. Uh, but now I assume that since the book has come out, and, and as you've been making the rounds talking about the book, you've probably heard other cases that people have been coming at you with. Uh, is is this something that is, uh, you know, just way more prevalent in the paranormal world than we think that it is? Um, I've written a couple of articles on it. Um, I have daily, uh, daily. I have. Um, you know, messages, emails, comments left on the website, sent to me personally. Um, some of them not all good. Um, some people are very cross with me for writing the book. Uh, you know, ghosts and, and sex are two very controversial subjects. Not everyone likes it. But in amongst all of this, there are people coming forward and they want to remain anonymous or this, they always start with, look, I, I'm, I'm concerned. You know, I'm concerned that I'm not well mentally because this has happened. You know, they're not out there trying to get attention or, or glorify it or sensationalize it. They're very confused. I, in the book, there is an actual psychologist's report on the, on the, you know, not as quite as exciting, but the rational explanations of what may be causing this. And I always point them towards that. That's up on the website as well. I always say to people, if you are worried, please go and look for help. Every investigator out there, whether you've just started or you've been doing it for a long time, you have a duty of care to the people who reach out to you. You know, don't exploit these people. Talk to them, listen to them, take every case on its own merit. Take your time with it, study it, get to know the people and point them in the right direction. You know, it's, it's not all about going out with a night vision camera and screaming, show yourself. It's about that duty of care to actually listen to what the people are saying because they might actually think what's happening is real. And we have to point. So, for example, if somebody in your area uh, contacted me, I might tell them to come and speak to you because you have a knowledge and an understanding of this. And it's just about evaluating what the witness is telling you. And uh, I had one woman uh, contact me. Uh, she said she was, she's, she, she believes to be, she's an ordinary woman. She's just doing yoga on the floor. She wasn't even sleeping. Something pushed her down on the ground, pulled off her joggers, and had sex with her. Then on the other uh, flip coin, this was in an article um, I wrote. It's all on the paranormalchronicles.com. I wrote it a few weeks ago. Um, along with what could be causing this. Um, a guy from, I believe it was New York or Philadelphia, uh, he was a 265-pound, 6'2 guy, and he said he, he hadn't even gone to sleep yet when he woke up and uh, an old woman had sex with him, and he couldn't move, he was paralysed. And a lot of people within the paranormal community are familiar with the old hag syndrome, mm -hmm. uh, which is more... Uh, more connected to the incubus, uh, which is the female. Uh, let me go. Yes, yeah. No, no. Succubus is female. Incubus is male. Yeah. So it's it's more it's more connected with, with the so. female. And I hope so. Or else I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> yes. And um, I uh, I wrote that article, and then lo, lo and behold, the next thing I'm getting on my search engine is how do I get an old hag to have sex with me? Like how death, you know, really? You know, you could probably find an, a, a living old hag. You know, just go down well, your street yeah, corner with 20 bucks in your pocket. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, really, you don't even need the 20 bucks in most of the time. 20 just, bucks, no, maybe about five. Just uh, learn how to dance the Charleston, that'll get them going. <laughs> 20 bucks, you go four times. Exactly. You know, so, you know what, what I found interesting there, Gavin, is we said at the beginning how, you know, with this Skype technology that we're using to talk to you, it sounds like we're in the same room, even though there's an ocean between us, but when you started describing the role of a paranormal investigator and what their responsibility is when taking on uh, a, a particular instance, a particular case, the ocean between us and you just grew more and more and more because, unfortunately, that's not the mindset that a lot of people have over in these parts anymore. It's not about helping people. It's about making a name for themselves. And I think people look at these type of cases and they say, wow, if I had one of these cases, that would be a great way to get attention for my group. And it's only a matter of time before the TV show starts sniffing around and calling you and saying, we want to do a whole paranormal reality series, I Was Raped by a Ghost. And and it's it's very exploitative over here. And I think that the, the downside of that is it will play exactly into what these entities are trying to do. Exactly. It, it, it will will people to make it want to happen. And... 
you know, the paranormal, it, it is exciting. It is, you know, the reason I like it. I don't like roller coasters. I don't like, you know, being in fast cars. I do like the thrill. I do like that excitement. I like it when the adrenaline goes and you're looking at what you're, you, you, you see something, you witness something, you're trying to make sense of it. You know, but at the end of the day, there is a responsibility to think I have to be rational. I have to keep my senses and my wits about me and try and focus and understand on what I'm seeing. You know, a lot of investigators over know 99% of the time it is a rational explanation, but it's that 1%. It's the 1% that, that, that boggles the mind. It's that 1% that keeps me awake at night. I've had some strange experiences. I've had some terrifying experiences. But when we cannot exploit the paranormal world. Now, like yourself, we do need to pay the bills. We need to get equipment and, and keep great things like this podcast and websites running and radio shows. And, you know, there are ways of making some money in this. But not exploit it, not make people want terrible things to happen. Like, for example, Karen Williams, who's one of the team, as I said earlier, if you drop an email wanting some spiritual advice and guidance, she will give you the advice and guidance. There's no bill at the end of it. Mm-hmm. If you want to read Go Sex, The Violation, uh, it's a couple of bucks. Uh, you know, it's not like $10, it's a couple of bucks, and, and any money goes towards the project, what we do. However, if you want to, you can download it for free through the, through the Kindle project, for the Amazon Prime Kindle, or you can go on the website, there's tasters of the book. You know, we, we, we have to be clear what we can do. I would love to, to win the lottery and spend my entire life just traveling the entire world, looking into uh, ghost cases and spending time with people to understand them because there's one commonality in all the paranormal world, and that's people people's experiences and we have to listen and understand them it's not just about and i'm sorry if i offend people out there it's not about going out with your camera and screaming show yourself it's about getting to know the people getting to know the locations doing your research and putting proper scientific method into it because if you do that if you put the correct method in and then you do capture something that is genuine and real then your, your, your world is going to change. You're going to change your world for a lot of people, and you will become a, a paranormal uh, rock god. That's great, but you need to do the groundwork, and you have to do the work first. Well, we are talking with Gavin Davies. Again, uh, you can call in 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. You can ask your questions also via Twitter at SpookySC or using the hashtag SpookyLive. And you can also email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. But uh, we have a question from Christina on Twitter. And she said, does it feel like a physical, like it feels real dream? Or do these people say they are awake? So are they in kind of a hypnagogic state when this is happening? Or do they feel like they are wide awake uh, in the reports that you've gathered? Uh, They're wide awake. Um like some of them are disturbed from sleep, which makes me think that it is possibly a sleep disorder, or uh, you know, as you said, it's like a hallucination, uh, you know, hallucination or something like that. There, uh, there is various disorders such as uh, sexomnia, where you can have sex in your sleep, uh, which has been used in courts of laws. But two of the cases uh, recent, the people were were awake. Uh, one of them was doing yoga. She's doing Pilates on the floor and something pushed her down. She thought somebody had broken into the house. She thought she was being raped. Um, you know, there was nobody there. So it's like getting raped by the invisible man. Um, uh, Lisa, in, in the book Ghost Sex Violation, uh, one night she, she fell asleep and she felt something touching her and she woke up and there was a handprint down the bed where it used her period blood. It actually entered her while she was on her period, hadn't disturbed her, her underwear or her, her sanitary products, and left a handprint on the bed. Now, that is real. She, I wish she'd taken a photograph. There wasn't a lot you could have done with a photograph, but it would have been something to look at. Mm-hmm. So in, in answer to Christina, a lot of these people are saying it's not in a dream state where you wake up and think, oh, I had this amazing wet dream. You know, I, was, I just had sex with, with this man who, or this woman. This woman floated in through the window, and she was gorgeous, and, and she did all this crazy stuff, or a man did this. It was a guy from Twilight with a big head. None of that happened. This is, this is happening, and people believe it to be real while they're awake. Well, I think that, too, when you, 
if something like this is going to happen to you, even if you are in a somewhat sleeping state, you're going to wake up pretty fast when you feel what it is that's happening to you. Uh, It's going to be something that's going to kind of shock you into being awake if you weren't already fully awake. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's um, the the violation that the part of the book which really um, confounds people or shocks them or or upsets them... um, the woman was, uh, Lisa was wide awake, and she was presented to her son on her bed in all, on all fours. Uh, and he could see, she was awake, she was making a strange moaning sound. Her arm was behind her back, her buttocks were spread. Uh, he could see her anus being torn. He could see it being torn as if it was being penetrated. He could see the blood, he could see the feces dribbling out. And it, he, he claims that his mother was spun in front of him so that he could look her in the face while it happened, while he was pinned and paralysed against the wall. You know, that happened. The mum said she was awake. She was awake nine times out of ten. She was awake. Sometimes she'd wake up and be like, oh, it's just happened, uh, with the with the entity that wasn't as vulgar and, and as abusive with her. And she was relieved. You know, it's like if you, you know, you went to bed and you had a headache and you closed your eyes, you woke up, you felt fine. And that's how she treated it, like a migraine. You know, if it happened while she was asleep, great. If it didn't, she'd just have to lie there and and wait for it to pass. Hmm. It's just, it's a terrifying way to have to live. And, And even as you say, even though things have waned, she still lives with that fear and that knowledge that it could happen at any given time. Uh, I mean, really, what can you do in that situation? We like to think that as as paranormal researchers and investigators, we can help find a way to help bring closure to a case, uh, try to find a way to help, you know, some folks help spirits move on. Some people at least teach the people uh, that are alive, that are living with this, uh, ways to deal and coping mechanisms to deal with it. But how how can you help somebody? How can you offer anything more than just uh, a sympathetic ear and a willing willingness to believe? I, I've always said, like, I was very blessed in that I was um, able to bring a psychologist in with me. Now, the psychologist was a female, and she was able to present some very rational options in terms of getting the support and help that, that you needed from a professional. Now, um, I suggest that, as because as, I'm, I'm an investigator, I'm a reporter, I don't claim to have any psychic abilities or anything like that. I'm, I just... I just have my brain and my senses and my method um, but some people you suggest that to them and, and it's simply not enough they claim they've either done that or they feel that it's something much more so in, again I'm lucky in that I have both sides of the coin I have a psychologist and then I've also got the spiritual ad- advice and guidance from Karen and uh, Karen has a number of methods and exercises for people to, to carry out in terms of protection and protecting their home their family, their loved ones um, to to um, to protect themselves, to ensure it doesn't happen. You know, there's protection methods for homes. Now, some people want to go further. They want exorcists. They want blessings. Um, it's very difficult to say because some people don't want to have to go to a doctor or go to uh, a clinical psychologist for help because they don't want to admit that there might be something wrong with them. While on the other case, um, you don't want to send people to the doctors when they need spiritual advice and protection um, and they need need that, that support there for this. Well, we are just about out of time, but uh, Gavin, we thank you for staying up late and joining us, and, uh, and and hopefully we can talk again in the future. And I know you have a new book coming out. Can you give us a, a quick tease about what it's about? Yes, a uh, new book. I, and first of all, I've loved being on. It's been a pleasure. Um, the new book will be out in the summer, and it's going to be about a woman who claims to have been abducted by aliens, and uh, that should be out in a couple of weeks. And also, very, very quick, uh, I promised last time, so I'll do it now. Uh, if you go on the paranormalchronicles.com website, there is a page called, uh, sorry, an article called The World's Most Haunted House. It's a competition. You can win loads of cool stuff, T-shirts, and a reading from Karen. All you have to do is take a selfie 
are outside a house that you think is really scary looking, hashtag it a most haunted house on Twitter or Facebook, and hopefully uh, you might be able to win some stuff. Because I did say, because we missed out the last time, I'd do something really nice for your listeners, because I appreciate their time, and I don't want to leave them all scared and all lying in their bed thinking they're going to get raped by a ghost. I'd rather leave them with something a bit more positive, that they might win some books, T-shirts, and, and a reading. Sounds like fun. Moniz, real quick, we have about a minute. Yeah, can you send me the book on abductions? I've been doing research for the past 30 years on it. Oh, yeah, definitely, yes. Um, what I'll do is, uh, Tim's got my details. As soon as it's ready, you can you can have a copy and have a look at it. it it's a very intriguing case, very interesting. I'm, I've just finished going through the notes and writing it up, so uh, I think you'll enjoy it, and I'd love your feedback. Certainly. Does it involve more than one person involved in the uh, abduction? Only one very solitary person. Um, I think that when you read it, it, it will really dumbfound you. It is such a unique, unique case. I personally, through my studies, have not come across something like this before. It, it will be out in a couple of weeks. Check out Paranormal Chronicles and it will be up there. Um, and, yeah, you get in touch with me and uh, I'll send you a copy. You got it. Sounds great, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us again. TheParanormalChronicles.com is the website. Follow him on Twitter, at ParanormalCron, C-H-R-O-N. And uh, we certainly look forward to talking to you again and, and keeping you up late again. <laughs> I love it. It's actually daylight now. It's actually 5 in the morning. I'm going to go and get wow. the cat and give it some milk. Nice. So, uh, so thank you very much. And everyone, keep safe. If you need anything, any spiritual advice or anything, please get in touch. I will answer all the emails and comments in due course. And I love hearing from people from around the world. And thank you guys. You're absolutely amazing. And to everyone from the Paranormal Chronicles, please look at the Spooky South Coast archives. There is some amazing stuff in there. Really good stuff. Well, thank you, sir. You take care and be well. Thank you very much. Take care. And that will do it for this week's show. We are just about out of time. We'll be back next week when we'll be joined by Ken DaCosta, who will let us know about the Ocean State Paracon coming up. We'll also be joined by Danny Roberge. You know him as Danny Bigbeard. He'll update us with some of the stuff that's going on with EchoVox, and maybe we'll even dig a little bit into this, uh, the, the kind of the paranormal uh, war that's been going on lately with some of the folks that are developing these. We'll talk about the nature of apps versus physical devices, uh, and so much more coming up on next week's show. Until then, all the dads out there have a happy Father's Day. We want you all to stay spooktacular.